Warning, the following show contains explicit language. Certain people should not listen to this show, such as children and panty-waist adults who cry like 12-year-old little girls when they hear profanity. Welcome back, my friends. I'm Dave Champion, and today we're going to discuss something I have to admit I've been waiting anxiously for, and that is for Texas to have hit 21 days since Governor Abbott did away with the statewide mask mandate and reopened all businesses to 100%. So what has been the outcome after 21 days of Texas having no statewide mask mandate and businesses reopened at 100%? As I get into this, let me take a moment and speak to the podcasters. Podcasters, I apologize. I'm going to be putting up a graphic for those that are watching on video. I'm going to attempt to articulate to you what the people on video are seeing. Okay, so here is Texas over a period of several months. The black line designates March 10th, which is when the mask mandate went away and when re-businesses and when businesses <laughs> reopened at 100%. You'll see this downward line, the red line, showing that new daily infections have continued downward with no statewide mask mandate and businesses open at 100%. That reflects a 27% decrease over the last three weeks since the mask mandate went away and since businesses reopened 100%. There's been zero adverse consequence, which is why I do not understand fucking Biden saying, oh, everybody, please put your mask mandates back in place. Why? There's no fucking adverse consequence, so why would you suggest they put them back in place? This is fucking nuts. Now, with that said, I do want to comment that from March 21st through April 1st today, as I'm recording this, there has been a teeny tiny uptick in the cases in Texas. You can see this on the graph if you're having a look at it, but it's almost non-discernible. If I didn't have the ability to go day by day by day by day and look at the actual new identified cases via PCR testing, if I didn't have the ability to look at that day by day by day and I was just looking at the graph, I would not even be able to detect an increase. That is how slight it is. So from the 21st, March 21st to April 1st, is that because they got rid of the mass mandate or open businesses to, uh, to 100%? No, absolutely not. And the proof of that is that little uptick. I'm calling it the spring uptick, and we'll get into that in a minute. But the truth of it, the fact of the matter is, it's going on virtually, not, not quite every state, but almost every state in the union. And there's a very good reason for that. And to contrast states like Florida and Texas that don't have a mass mandate and businesses are open, the same exact thing is happening in <laughs> oftentimes a lot worse in states that have draconian mitigation measures in place. So if the states that have rabid draconian lockdown, not lockdowns, but mitigation measures in place, and states that have virtually none in place are experiencing the same little uptick at the same moment in time, it clearly has nothing to do with mask mandates or reopening a business. To make sure you have complete confidence in what I just shared with you, I'm going to show you the graphs from just, I don't know, I, I don't, didn't even count them, nine or ten states that I randomly selected. I sort of made a circle around the United States. I started with South Dakota, and then I moved up to the northwest, and then I wrapped around down to the south or over to the southeast and back up. Okay, so you get what I'm saying, completely random. But this is to give you confidence that what I'm saying is true. There is an uptick, what I'm calling a spring uptick, and I'll explain what that's about here shortly. There's a spring uptick, uh, uptick, in states 
all across the union. So podcasters, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put the graphic up and I'm going to name the state. Then I'm going to call out how long it's been that the uptick has been in place. Did the uptick start a week ago? Did it start 10 days ago? Did it start two weeks ago? Did it start three weeks ago? So that's what you'll hear me say. Again, to give you confidence that this spring uptick is true in states of all varying degrees of mitigation, none or strict. I've chosen to start with South Dakota because it's been the whipping boy of the media. Uh, They have constantly been condemning, not DeSantis in Florida for sure, but also Kristi Noem in South Dakota, saying that South Dakota was going to be a disaster site when in fact South Dakota has been one of the shining examples. So I want to start with South Dakota and we'll take a look then, boom, 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 we'll run through these states really quick. Okay, so here's the graph of South Dakota and their slight spring uptick began two weeks ago. Here's Oregon. You can see there it started three weeks ago. Now, for those of you who are watching via podcast, I, I want you to know that in the vast majority of cases, it's, it's hard for the people watching on video to even see the uptick. <laughs> That's how slight it is. Moving down to Nevada, a tiny uptick began <laughs> a week ago. Uh, continuing moving down, Arizona, two weeks ago. Moving across to Texas, as we discussed, 10 days ago. Its neighbor, Oklahoma, slight uptick began a week ago. Florida, two weeks ago. South Carolina, two weeks ago. Jumping to the Northeast, Maine, six weeks ago. Moving to the Midwest, Ohio, two weeks ago. And its neighbor, Michigan, whoa, check that shit out. An 810% increase in new daily infections in the last six weeks. So wait, let me see. Michigan, Ohio, (laughs) they share a common border. Ohio is doing great. Michigan, an 810% increase in new daily infections in six weeks. What the fuck is going on in Michigan? And I'm going to share that with you in just a moment. But before I get to Michigan, I want to discuss in general terms why we're seeing this, what I've labeled the spring uptick. Uh, You know, I've wondered so often how to articulate, especially in a podcast, the reality of what happens when the weather changes, because I think a lot of people misconstrue and believe that somehow the virus is more aggressive or less aggressive based on whether the weather is cold or the weather is hot. Uh, Really, the only thing that weather impacts as far as the virus itself is contact surface transmissibility, which probably should have been discussed by national health experts publicly in press conferences during the coldest winter months, but of course it wasn't because that would have taken focus off getting vaccinated. Okay, so and social distancing and mask wearing. So here we are going into spring and the weather's getting nicer and the behavioral pattern of the human race, of the population of the United States, the behavioral pattern is changing. And with that, we see people who are part of the susceptible pool now getting infected because they've been keeping themselves cloistered away and the weather's nice and they see the numbers down and they're coming out of their little caves. This whole equation, when we talk about what happened in the wintertime, the gigantic spike that led to herd immunity back in the first week in January, to what we're seeing right now, this spring uptick, it's all about weather, which drives human behavior, which then impacts the ratio of the immune pool and the susceptible pool. That's it right there. If you talk about weather, 
That's number one. And that that impacts human behavior. And then that impacts the part of the society that remains the susceptible pool. Those three elements right there, weather, driving human behavior, human behavior impacting the susceptible pool, that's the entire fucking equation. And you don't see CDC director Rochelle impending doom Walensky making it that simple for you. You don't see that fucking asshole Fauci making it this simple for you. But that's really what it is. Weather drives human behavior. Human behavior then impacts the susceptible pool. That's it. So again, I've racked my mind about how exactly to paint a verbal picture of what I'm saying with the susceptible pool versus the immune pool. So I'm going to try, by the way, in this example, I'm going to exclude those who have natural immunity, those who immune system for whatever reason, I'm not going to get into that here today, for whatever reason, they could be exposed to the virus again and again and again and again and again, and they're never going to get infected. Okay, that's called the, that's the, the small percentage of the population at the beginning of an outbreak is naturally immune. So we're going to pretend that doesn't exist for the sake of this illustration. Okay, so imagine there is an invisible ninja with his samurai sword. And he gets dropped into a community. And to make this simple, we're just going to say it's a community of 100 people. Okay. So he's got his sword. And with his sword, he can run around and poke people and hurt them. That's sort of analogous to them getting infected. If there's no natural immunity, so that means that On day one, when our invisible ninja drops into this community of 100, that means 100% of the people in that community are in the susceptible pool. So now, as he encounters people, poke, 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 poke. Now, he's not running around trying to poke everybody. His thing is, I'll get there in time. So he's just poking some people as he encounters them. That's synonymous with the virus being transferred from one person who's infected to another person via random opportunity, which is exactly how it happens. Now, in this illustrative example, let's say that when the ninja drops into this community of 100, 20 out of the 100 have their super secret ninja protective body armor on, okay? That's invisible, just like the ninja's invisible. It's this invisible, super protective armor against ninja stabbing. That would be the equivalent of them having immunity via having been infected, developing antibodies, and being immune. So now, when the ninja's walking around, the susceptible pool isn't 100 people anymore. The susceptible pool is now 80, 20 of them, he can't hurt. He can't, that invisible ninja can't do anything to them. So again, by opportunity, as he's walking around, he happens to encounter some people, poke, 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 poke. Okay. Again, now we go to the next chapter in the story, right? So now we've got 50 out of those 100 people have this invisible, super protective anti-ninja body armor. So now when the ninja wants to go around poking people, well, the susceptible pool was 100, then it was 80, now it's 50, and the, the, the other 50 people, the other half that are wearing their invisible anti-ninja armor, he can't do anything to them. You get where I'm going with this, right? So the next iteration of the story is now we have 90 
out of the 100 people wearing their super secret invisible anti-ninja body armor. And so the ninja's walking around and he's like, well, fuck, I'm poking people, but nothing's happening. That's because the immune pool is now so large that there's very little opportunity to spread it. What are the odds when there was 100 people in the uh, susceptible pool, what were the odds when he encountered somebody that they would be available to be harmed by his poking? Yeah, 100%. So when 90 people, 90% of the people, or 90 people, uh, are wearing their super secret invisible ninja body armor, now as he's wandering around, what are the odds that anybody he encounters is going to be susceptible to him? Yeah, now the odds are 1 in 10. It was 10 in 10, now it's 1 in 10. So thus far, this illustration has <laughs> exemplified in a kind of hokey manner how herd immunity works, but I want to talk about the spring uptick. That's really the purpose of this. Okay, so remember, now we're at 90% have their invisible super secret anti-ninja body armor on, and 10 people don't. Now imagine if four out of the remaining 10 had hidden themselves in caves so that as the ninja was walking around poking people, he could not ever encounter them. That's the same thing as people who stayed home. They're not seeing family. They're using curbside pickup. They're uh, having stuff sent to their house. They're relying primarily on Amazon. They're not going to the grocery store. You get my point, right? So that's synonymous to these four people being in a cave so that the evil ninja dude never ever saw them. Okay, so now the weather gets nice. It's spring. They've been in the fucking cave a year now, right? So they start to come out of the cave. Right. Now suddenly they are, that opportunity we talked about a moment ago to spread the virus, that opportunity to get poked by the ninja's samurai sword, now they're out in the open. They, they are vulnerable to the ninja, and they are part of the susceptible pool. So the fact that the weather got nice, they're tired of being cooped up, and they came outside, they are now making themselves available to the ninja, and odds statistically are that he's going to find some of them and he's going to poke them. I think the important thing to understand here is, first of all, the susceptible pool remains, both in this illustration and in the United States, <laughs> the susceptible pool remains very, very small at this point. And those that came out of the cave and now they're susceptible to the ninja, that's just because of spring. And as I said before, the equation is weather drives human behavior. Human behavior drives the ratio of the immune pool to the susceptible pool. I hope I did that clearly. All right, so let's revisit Michigan for a moment because they're the ones with an 810% increase in the last six weeks. And for instance, their neighbor, Ohio, and I could have picked any of the neighbors around them. The same story would be true because I've looked at them as well. Their neighbor, Ohio, it, yeah, the little tiny uptick, you can barely see it. I mean, literally, it's hard to see with the eye on the data graph. So why their neighbor that they share a common border with, you, you can barely even see it. And then in Michigan, it's dramatic. Six weeks, 810% increase in identified new daily infections. Why? To be blunt, because Whitmer has been an absolutely oppressive tyrant. Uh, she has taken some of the most dramatic, noxious, onerous measures, put them in place, and kept them in place the whole fucking time. So by doing that, she's created this environment where, whether by choice or by circumstance, the 
number of people staying in their cave, so to speak, going back to that analogy for a minute, the number of people staying in their cave is higher in Michigan than in all the other states we've talked about, right? So in other words, their susceptible pool is larger by government intervention, by tyranny over science. So now the same three points play in, okay? You've got the weather changes, which drives human behavior changes, which then impacts immune pool versus the susceptible pool. Whitmer, I, I don't think she's done this intentionally. I, I think she's either she's just a fucking idiot or her advisors are fucking idiots, okay? What she has done is she has artificially created an environment where the susceptible pool in Michigan is considerably larger than the susceptible pool remaining in most of the other states, if not all of the other states. I also want to point out, just because we were talking about Texas today, that was the main thrust of this presentation, that Texas got rid of its mask mandate and it opened its businesses 100%. And its cases dropped 27%, while Michigan, with the mask order and with tons of restrictions in place, their cases have increased 810% in six weeks. I think that's telling when we consider the question of whether mitigation measures actually do anything. I think the answer is pretty clear. As I've long said, the government cannot stop a virus. Going back for a moment to CDC Director Rochelle Impending Doom Walensky, um, she has been trying to gin up fear again. I mean, that's... I wonder, when Biden chose her, was there like a dialogue when she was interviewed? Like, okay, Rochelle, I'll make you the CDC director, but you have to promise me you're going to say all sorts of stupid shit continually, like day in and day out to ramp up fear. That's your job. And the rest of the CDC stuff, I don't really care about. It'll run itself. But Rochelle, your job, if, if I give you this job, your job is to say stupid shit day in and day out to create fear. I say that because now she's saying that the UK variant is becoming the dominant, becoming, it, it is not at this time, but it is becoming the dominant variant in the United States. And she is terribly concerned. Oh my God, we're all going to die. Okay. <laughs> so the reality is, this is really important to understand. When the I've discussed this in another video, but in light of her recent comments, I, I want to mention it again. When the UK variant, designated B117, became dominant in the UK, which took place like really fast, within less than 60 days, when it became dominant, do you know what happened? Over an eight-week period, new daily infections crashed 97% and deaths plunged 88% in that same period of time. And remember, deaths always trail the new daily infections. So if we were to take that eight-week period and extend it out to probably 10 or 11 weeks, we would see deaths down 97%. But I'm just talking about the eight weeks at which I looked, 97% uh, reduction in new daily infections and 88% reduction in deaths. That was with the UK variant being the dominant strain. Someplace 80% or more of all new identified new daily infections in the UK were that variant. Yet the consequence was a 97% <laughs> reduction in new daily infections and an 88% reduction 
in deaths. So all this crap that Fauci was saying that, oh my God, the UK variant is 64% more fatal, it's more lethal, and it's 50% more transmissible, was all bullshit. Because when you see the real life data out of the UK, it tells us the exact opposite story. But yet, impending doom Walensky wants to hold up the UK variant to terrify the American people. Why is she doing that? Well, because the population of the United States, I mean, who researches? Who does the kind of shit I do? Who, how many people are out there bringing the American people, the information I'm bringing you today, in this kind of detail, breaking things out? Virtually, the, the people are not researching and virtually nobody is bringing this information out. I want to really encourage you to share this information for exactly this reason, because people like Fauci and Walensky are winning the information war because millions and millions and millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of people pay attention to, they tune into, they look at, they listen to the dominant media outlets that allow people like impending Doom Walensky and fucking asshole Fauci allow them to spew their fear-based rhetoric that the data does not support. And then, of course, the American people don't do any research. In comparison to the millions and millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of people, right? How many people are getting the information I just shared with you here today? Yeah, like virtually none. So <laughs> I really want to encourage you, uh, use the power of social media to share the shit out of this. If you're tired of this, if you're fed up with this, if you're disgusted by this, be a part of the fucking solution. Share the shit out of this. Help educate your fellow Americans. You're probably aware, Facebook totally removed the Dr. Reality page uh, with 145,000 people following it, and which represented 12 years of work. So I obviously now reach 145,000 less people, which was exactly Facebook's goal. Um, they didn't like the kind of message I'm sharing here with you today, so they, they, and they couldn't get around the facts. They couldn't get around the kind of information I've shared with you today. So since they couldn't get around the facts, they decided that nobody would be entitled to hear or see the facts anymore. The point of that is I no longer have those people to support me. By support, I mean financially support. So I'm going to ask you, please, to go to drreality.news. If you haven't picked up a copy of Body Science, of Income Tax Shattering the Myths, of the W-9 Handbook, of the W-4 Booklet, if you haven't done something like that, and believe me, I would never say go, go buy that to support me because it, and it's crap. That, I, that's unethical and I wouldn't do that. I'm suggesting, I'm asking you to go there and pick something up because the information is mind-blowing. It, it's astounding. It's fantastic. It will open your eyes like nothing else. And you can support me while you get amazing information.